Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll start reading in verse 33, I believe. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. This dude really likes his lambs, right? Okay, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised, everybody say uncircumcised, it's the word of the day, this uncircumcised Philistine, it's important why he said it like this, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Okay, there's armies, and then there's the army of the living God. Whole different reality. Okay? <laughs> Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, we're not talking about the dad of these animals, we're talking about the paw, okay? He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. In other words, this is how it's going to end up because this is the way it's always ended up. The Lord will deliver. That's going to be the end result. It was with the lion. It was with the bear. It's going to be the same thing with this giant. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's living and powerful. And we invite your word to come and do in us what it can do. We thank you, Lord, that in it is life. To those who find it, it is health to all of their flesh. Your word is everlasting from generation to generation. It's relevant right now for this generation in 2021. Your word is still just alive today as it was from the first time you ever uttered it, God. And we thank you for the everlasting truth that continues to endure through all generations. So that no matter what we're facing in this world, Troubles come and troubles go, and each generation faces troubles and maybe some various form or, or some different kind of way, but ultimately we all have troubles. That's because that's the way this that's what this world produces. But Lord, your truth endures to all generations. And you give us the victory in every trouble, in every challenge of life. There are no exceptions to that rule. Your word overcomes. And so we thank you for that, and we invite your word to, to give us counsel and help us to know the truth so that we may live in freedom. In Jesus' name. Our lives are a process. If you've lived 10 or 15 minutes, you figure that out. It's one step at a time. That's why the Bible does not say that we telepath through by faith, that we fly by faith, that we drive by faith, it says we what? Walk by faith. How do you walk? One step at a time. Yeah. One step at a time. Faith is a walking process. So <clears throat> many times the smaller problems in our lives, and well, in David's case, just by looking at the scripture, the smaller problems look to be lions and bears. I wouldn't call those small problems, but I guess compared to the giant Goliath, who's well-armed and well-trained, 
they are a smaller issue. I don't want to be facing any of those issues, to be honest with you. But, um, but those things can get overlooked or pushed aside so that when we face the bigger problems, we don't know how to handle those things because we haven't learned to deal with the little things. And so when, when something big does happen, all we know to do is freak out, lose our minds. <laughs> Keep it Christian. Lose our minds, right? I mean, we, that's all we know to do because we, we don't know, because we haven't dealt with the smaller things. We haven't dealt with the little things. And so I, I, I'm here to help you today to get the biblical perspective on your life because his word is here to help you. Amen. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. Along the way, through, through life, maybe we've not understood where we are and what our place is in this world and what we're doing. And, and sometimes as a result of that, we're not aware of these moments in our life where we're set up for victory. God's, God's part in this problem. God's part in this issue. God's part in this challenge because the challenge is consuming our focus. The challenge is consuming our emotions. It's, com it's consuming what we're talking about. It's all we can think about, right? And so there's no invitation to God in the matter because we're not putting, we're not giving him an end. We're not giving him time. We're not giving him a moment where we're looking to him. When he's bigger than all of these things and he's greater than all these things. And, and here's the, the really good thing to know about him. He's on your side. And if God's on your side, your problems don't stand a chance. No matter what they are. No matter how long they last. No matter who they are. <laughs> maybe. He's on your side, and, and he loves you. So any procrastinators here, or am I the only one that's going to raise my hand, okay? Uh, uh, all right, we've got three honest people in the room, okay. The rest of you are procrastinating, Hank, putting your hands up, so you're all procrastinators. <laughs> no, some of you aren't, and I get that. Some of you are right on top of business, and, and, uh, but I've always been one of those who just let Heather handle everything why she's not even in the room with me right now. So she's handling something. <laughs> so, but the, you know, the little things get pushed aside. And how many of you figured this out? Those of you that you've know, struggled with maybe some procrastination is that you push them aside and they don't go away. They just pile up. You still have to deal with them. You still have to face them, right? So, Hey, the, and, and the giant or the problem, maybe the Goliath in your life might, might even be a positive thing. It might be a dream that you've got in your heart, a vision, you know, something big, something good, something to look forward to. But then again, it could be a negative thing. It could be, you know, maybe a health struggle, maybe a strained relationship or financial issue or, um, you know, it can, a, a debt that looms over you. So in order to beat this thing, you're going to have to develop an overcoming lifestyle. And we're going to see this, this secret in David's life that he developed a certain way of approaching life. And it really had to do with dealing with the little things, taking care of the little things. And aren't you glad you came to church today? Okay. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to kind of walk into the living room of your life today and challenge you a little bit. Okay. Because um, I, I like to say it like this. This message hit me first before it hits you. Okay. So I'm dealing with it too. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it, it happens in the, in the daily routine. Here it is. Here's what it, it comes down to. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions. That's the process. 
our thoughts, our words, and our actions. What are you thinking? What are you saying? What are you doing? And if you think that you can't help any of those things, you've lied to yourself or believed a lie about yourself because you can help what you think, you can help what you say, and you can help what you do. Y'all feel the weight of that responsibility? Just... (laughs) Amen. I've told you this before. I... I wish I could just be a Calvinist and just pretend like everything happens by God's sovereign will and he's in control of everything. But he don't want that much credit because that's not how he operates. He's given you a choice. That's the beautiful thing about him. He's given you a choice so that you would choose him just as he has chosen you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to be his robot. He loves you. He don't want to just tell you what to do, and if you don't, he's going to get mad at you and and punish you for it. No, he loves you. He is your heavenly father. Amen. He created you to have a relationship with you. And David stood in this confidence before the king of Israel, ready to do what he said. Uh, Why? Because he had taken care of the little things that gave him the confidence to stand here before this king and say, I can beat the giant. What was David's secret here? It's pretty simple. David, first and foremost, recognized God in his life. In Psalms chapter 8, it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength or perfected praise because of your enemies, because of your adversary. When I consider the heavens, let's bring up verse 3 of Psalms chapter 8. When I consider the heavens, um, the works of your hands, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man or, yeah, that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? You ever thought those kinds of thoughts when you looked into the the vastness of our night sky and the billions of stars and just thought how small we really are in comparison to all of it and why is God's attention on me? But it is. You are the object of his affection. You're the apple of his eye, for you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him. He's talking about man, mankind, uh, with glory and honor. Verse 6, for you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Look, David, he's recognizing something here. The Lord gave me dominion over the works of his hands. He created all this, and then he put me in charge of something that he made, Okay. You have put all things under his feet. Verse 7, all sheep. It's the first thing David mentions because that's his job. He, ta- he brings it right to where he lives. You put me in charge of sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field. Verse 8, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O oh, Lord, our Lord. How excellent is your name on all the earth. The first thing is he recognizes God is in his life and God has put him in charge of certain things. And because of that, David has a responsibility to go after that lion that has taken a lamb from his flock because God put David in charge. And if David didn't go rescue the lamb, the lamb don't get rescued. And not only does God give him that responsibility, but God also gives him the ability to overcome that lion that's come out against his lamb. And this is what David says when he's standing before Saul. He says, God, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, had another instance with a bear, and I beat the you-know-what out of him. 
uh, this, this giant is going to be the same way. The end result is going to be the same. The Lord will deliver because he did it with the lion. He did it with the bear. And if I remember right, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means the Lord's going to deliver me this time too. So you can, you can compound all the problems. You can, you can magnify them and make them as large as you want to. But at the end of the day, the Lord is my deliverer. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, this is what he's saying to the king of Israel, and he's here to remind Saul of their covenant with Almighty God, that they are not just people roaming the earth. These are the people of God. These are the children of Abraham who God himself made a covenant with Abraham that they would be his people always. And David reminds Saul by saying, this guy's uncircumcised. In other words, he does not have what you and I have. God is not on his side like he's on our side. We are the army of the living God. The king of Israel tells David, he starts this comparison analysis. In other words, you're too young, David. He's been a warrior since he was your age. He's big, you're little. He's a man, you're a boy. And David says, we want to do some comparisons? Okay, there was a lion, but then there was the Lord. There was a bear, then there was the Lord. There's this giant, and there will be the Lord. So let's play that comparison game. All you're doing is, is, is looking, magnifying the problems, the issues. And I'm here to tell you as one who's walked in victory and seen it happen before, the Lord's going to be the one with the last word here. Amen. Maybe you're asking questions, maybe in your life right now. How in the world did I get here? I never expected to be here in life. And maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing. <laughs> Depends on how you're asking, I guess. But the word of God is this continual message of hope for you and I so that your situations, your circumstances don't dominate you. And they don't identify you. These are things that happen in the process of life. And if you'll get your thoughts and words and actions in line, you'll overcome. And remember, it's in those everyday little things. When I was a little kid, we used to sing this song. Potsy remembers this song. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. You had to start down here. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. And you'll grow, grow, grow. And you'll grow, grow, grow. But forget your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. There's, that's some good sound theology right there. <laughs> it really is. Every day, if you'll just decide you're going to have a non-negotiable time with the Lord, every day, non-negotiable, life is going to go better for you. Thoughts, words, actions. Everybody say this with me. God is on my side. Now, how many of you believe that he's on your side? You really believe that? Because if you believe that, then anything's possible. Because the truth is, he is on your side, whether we acknowledge that he is or not. And he sure would like to help if we'd let him. Amen? Uh, and it's not because these guys were stronger. It's not because these guys were smarter. It's not because these guys had better, better equipment, better weaponry, because Israel didn't, not compared to the Philistines. Matter of fact, they borrowed a lot of their, their war tactics from the Philistines, which got them in a lot of trouble, but shouldn't have done that. They should have just remembered who they were. They're the, I mean, the Lord helps them win in very funny ways. He said, hey, sing this song, and this will win the victory. 
They had three nations come up against them. Three. Can you imagine? Let's just put, let's try to put that in our perspective. Let's say Russia, China, and Canada. No, not Canada. Uh, <laughs> Iran, okay. Uh, they, 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 they decide that they're going to they're gonna make war with the United States, all right? And so <clears throat> what are we going to do? The Lord says, sing this song. Sing this song. Yeah, it goes like this. Uh, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Are you looking at where we're at? I mean, shouldn't the lyrics say something like, we're going to kill you? Or, I mean, something threatening, something. I mean, you're telling, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Can you imagine? This is what happens to Israel. Get your choir out front. The military in the back, put your choir up front and watch what God does. He don't fight like we fight. He don't do it like we do it. And Israel did it. And the Bible says that as they started singing this little song that the Lord told them to sing, these three nations turned on each other. And as Israel sang this song, they watched their enemies just completely obliterate one another in front of their eyes. See, you, we are the children of God. You are the children of the living God. And God is on your side. Any, any of these guys, any, any day could have beaten Goliath, any of them, because God was on their side. And of all the people that should have even considered it, that would have been Saul the king. Saul, the Bible says, is head and shoulders taller than everybody in, in Israel. So he's already a tall dude. And it seems like it's not obvious to him that he's supposed to be the one that should be fighting Goliath. He's like, he's looking about like, hmm, who should we get? And they're all like, king, come on. I mean, seriously, if we're just going to look at the, the physical ability, just physical stature tells us you're the one, right? No wonder. They're not doing it. So David shows up. And I like what David says. He says, I used to keep my father's sheep. I used to. He just left his father's pasture. I used to do, I had this job back in the day, like three hours ago. But what David understands here is that the Lord is about to do something. There's about to be a shift in his life, and he is walking right into it. I used to keep my father's sheep, but now there's something I'm coming into. Matter of fact, king, I don't need your armor that you're trying to put on me. I already have your anointing. That's all I need. Right? It's all I need. And did he do it? Heck yeah, he did it with a sling and a stone. And God wrought a great victory for Israel that day. One thing to remember when you're facing your challenges in life, and you will face challenges because Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble. Remember, take a moment to testify about where God helped you before. Hmm? Take a moment to remember. David it didn't bring up the failures. He didn't bring up the sheep he did lost. And you know if he's a shepherd, he's lost some sheep in his life. That's just the reality of things. But David did not take the moment to start talking about what he lost. He started talking about where the Lord delivered him, where the Lord helped him. And if, if nobody's around to encourage you, encourage yourself in the Lord. All right? Remember what God has done for you. These little things add up. They matter. They matter. Tell somebody next to you. They matter. The little things matter. It's the little things. And by, besides that, why would David risk his life for us? one of these lambs in the first place. They're not even his sheep. Come on, I can hear it right now. Hey, I ain't the boss of this company. I don't care what happens to this company. 
Not my fault. I should have been promoted a long time ago. I haven't had a raise in I don't know how long. I know, why did it get so quiet? You're supposed to be amening right now. I'm not, I'm, huh? Why should I care? It's not, my, it's not my business. David could have taken on that stupid attitude. Huh? But he's, what did he do? He said, Lord, all of this is the work of your hands, and you've put me in charge. You've put me in charge of these sheep. And since you've done that, I am delegated authority. So I'm not doing this necessarily for my dad. And I'm not doing it for myself because I wouldn't be putting my life on the line like I do some, from time to time. This is really for you. And if it's for you, that means that you've got it all covered. And if I'll keep the right perspective, hmm? at the end of the day, my family, we're not standing before our boss on judgment day. We're not standing before our mama. We're not standing before, I might stand before Heather, I don't know, but... Um, we're not, we're not standing before anybody but God. He's the only one we're going to be given an account to. Huh? I want him to say, well done. Not, well, you're done. <laughs> well done. Good and faithful servant. Amen. Don't we all want to hear that? Yeah, we do. As you serve the Lord Christ, and he is the one who is your rewarder. Remember, it's the little things. And just stay on top of the little things. Watch what you say. Watch what you think. Watch what you do. Weigh those things, Christian. Your life is a testimony. Your light's on all the time. Amen. Father, thank you for this family. Thank you, Lord, for every person that's here today, Lord, under the sound of my voice, those that are listening by podcast as well. Father, I pray that grace and peace now would be multiplied to them. Thank you that your word says you are a very present help. That means no matter what challenges we're facing, you're very present right now. You're in our lives. And since you're in our lives, there is hope, there is help, there is healing, there is strength, there is joy, there is peace. And we thank you for that, Lord. We look to you now. We thank you. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. Whoever. Thank you for that incredible invitation that you excluded no one. But your blood has the ability to save every person. No matter <laughs> what they've done. No sin is greater than your grace. No sin is greater than your power to redeem and to forgive. We thank you for that. So, Lord, since you overcame death, hell, and the grave, that means there's nothing that's too hard for you. Death for us is the finality. No man can raise himself from the dead, but God raised up Jesus from the dead. And since you did that, Lord, you can help us in any crisis or troubles in our lives. Help us, Lord, to remember to magnify the Lord, not to magnify our problems but to magnify the Lord, to lift you up, to glorify you, to take a moment to recognize you in our life and be aware of that, to know that you're a very present help. And Lord, to, to be those who are faithful to you in our thoughts, our words, and our actions, to remember it's the little things. And Lord, that if we'll give time to you, Lord, we'll see that our time on this earth is so much better. Life is so much better. We've got the right perspective, living in the freedom that your truth provides for us. 
pray, God, that you would help these that are in trouble today, whatever that looks like. You know exactly what it is. You know who they are. You know what they need. And your word says you will supply all their need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So thank you, Lord, for meeting them where they are and helping them right now in the name of Jesus. And that fear would be dissipated by the power of your love in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, worries, those things have no place, no power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Lord, bless, these, bless all these, Lord, on this weekend. That'll be a safe weekend, a week of remembrance, Lord, where we do thank you. We pray that you continue to bless the United States of America. God bless our nation. Help our country. Lord, we need you. We will always need you. I'm asking you for your help, Lord. We need divine intervention because we, we are not figuring this out on our own. We need you. I thank you, Lord, that you come to heal. You come to tear down divisions and heal hearts, heal relationships, heal our land. Thank you, Father. There's so much good that has come, Lord, out of this country to help the world. More missionaries have come from this country right here to go around the world and preach the gospel than any other, any other place. I'm asking you now, Lord, to help us heal this country. Make us united again in the name of Jesus. It starts with us learning how to value one another no matter what, to love one another, to be decent to one another. And I pray, God, that these here, God, at One Cause Church, would be leaders in that and examples in that. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.